you can't rely on someone else's relationship with God. You got to know God for yourself. Seven seven five eight. The power of pursuit, part four. Well, thank you for joining, brothers of the word, because brother, you need the word. We welcome all of you. Those of you joining us by television, and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com, Facebook Live. Thank you for streaming us and tuning in live to today's service. Always a wonderful, wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. would like to share just a little humor. A husband and wife were celebrating their 60th birthdays together. And all of a sudden an angel appeared and said that God was going to grant each of them one special request. And the wife said, my request is that we would be able to travel all over the world. Poof, when the smoke cleared, she was sitting there with tickets in her hand. And then the husband said, he said, my request is that I be married to a woman 30 years younger than me. Poof, and when the smoke cleared, he was 90 years old. Well, we are doing part four. We're doing part four of The Power of Pursuit. This is our final part of this series, The Power of Pursuit, part four. And I want to look at scripture over in the Gospel of Luke, over in the Gospel of Luke chapter 19. The Gospel of Luke chapter 19. We'll start at verse one and we'll read down to verse 10. And it reads there, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, and for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation. Come to this house, for as much as he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So we're talking about the power of pursuit, part four. This is part four, the final part of this series. But I wanted to conclude with Zacchaeus, because Zacchaeus was a man who was in hot pursuit of Jesus. He was in hot pursuit of Jesus. He had a strong, intense desire in his heart to see Jesus. And I want you to notice that he was a man of very small stature, but he had a big desire. 
He was small on the outside, but he was big on the inside. And so, you know, someone said that, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. So he was a little guy, but he was scrappy. And he had this unusual pursuit, this unusual desire. And the interesting thing about Zacchaeus' pursuit of Jesus is that most people who pursued Jesus, they pursued him for something physical. You know, most people pursued Jesus either for physical healing or somebody in the family might have died or was close to death. Or people even pursued Jesus for the fish and the loaves. You know, they were hungry and they wanted something to eat. They followed Jesus. And Jesus even said, you know, these people follow me for the fish and the loaves. So people had all type of reasons why they pursued Jesus. Whether it was for some type of miraculous healing or miracle or something physical, getting their physical needs met. But it's interesting with Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus wasn't sick. He wasn't sick, so he wasn't after Jesus for healing. Zacchaeus didn't have any death in his family, so he wasn't after him for him to raise the dead. Zacchaeus was a rich man, so there was no lack. He didn't have any lack, so he wasn't after Jesus for any physical provisions. But Zacchaeus pursued Jesus for something on the inside. He pursued Jesus not for what he could get, but for what he could become. He pursued Jesus not for what he could get, but for who he could become. He wanted life change. He wanted life change. He wanted to change his life from the inside. He wanted to change his heart. He wanted God in his life. He wanted Christ to be a part of his life. He wanted to change his life. And so there was an inner hunger, an inner drive that was in Zacchaeus. You know, somebody said it's not what a man drives, but it's what drives a man. And so that was something on the inside that was driving Zacchaeus, but it was a hunger. It was a void in his life. All of us have a God-shaped void in our lives. Nothing else will fill it. Nothing else will fill that void. People try to fill it with drugs, or they'll try to fill it with fame or fortune. They'll try to fill it with sex. Nothing can fill that void. There's a God-shaped void. There's a God-shaped void in every heart, and only God can fill it. Only God can fill it. And so that's what Zacchaeus was pursuing. He was pursuing Jesus to fill this void that was in his life. He wanted to be a better person. He wanted to have a better character. He wanted righteousness. He wanted righteousness. He wanted righteousness. And it's interesting to note that the very name Zacchaeus means justified or pure. So the very code of his name was the cry of his heart. He wanted to be pure. He wanted to be justified. And that was actually his name. That's what Zacchaeus means. I was watching something last night on television. It was one of the late shows. I forget which one, but I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. But he had on this show last night an interesting segment. He was doing a report on people whose names were synonymous with their profession. And it was so interesting. So he had these people that were, you know, they had these particular names that were closely associated to their profession. And it reminded me of Zacchaeus because in the code of their name was the cry of their heart. And so one person he had on his show, the man's last name was Swinghammer. And he was a contractor. (laughs) And that was his name, Swinghammer. Swinghammer. 
There was another gentleman on the show. His last name was Silvertooth. He was a dentist. <laughs> Silvertooth. Silvertooth. He was a dentist. There was another young lady on the show. She was actually a doctor, and she was a gynecologist. And I know all of you all are waiting to hear what her name is. <laughs> well, her name was Dr. Hyman. Dr. Hyman. <laughs> so it was so interesting that all of these names coded in their name was the cry of their heart, their profession, their chosen profession. And I recall years ago, I was at a car dealership buying a car, and the man's name who was doing all of the paperwork, his last name was Car Man. Car Man. And he worked in an auto dealership. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's amazing how in a person's name is the cry of their heart. Their pursuit in life is in your name. What's in your name? What's in your name? But Zacchaeus, his name meant pure. His name meant justified. Now he had heard about Jesus, but he wanted to see him for himself. He wanted to know him for himself. That lets us know that you can't rely on someone else's relationship with God. You got to know God for yourself. You can't rely on mama's religion. You can't rely on grandmama's prayers. No, you got to learn to pray for yourself. You got to learn to pray yourself. You got to learn the Lord for yourself. Now, as talented as Kalante is, and as much as I enjoy his worship, I got to learn how to worship myself. I can't depend on his worship. I got to follow my own knees and raise my arms. And my voice is not as melodious as Kalante, but I got to use my little squeaky voice and praise him as best I can. <laughs> I got to have my own praise. I want the Lord to lean over his throne and say, that's see Elijah, because ain't nobody's voice as high as see Elijah. That's see Elijah praising me. And so there's something about Zacchaeus, he said to all of you, you got to have your own relationship. You got to have your own relationship. He had heard about it, but he wanted to see him for himself. He wanted an experience with Jesus himself. He wanted an encounter with Jesus himself. He was so passionate about it. It says to us, how have you pursued the Lord lately? What have you done lately in your walk with the Lord? Now here's a sinner who wanted to see him. And we are saints. But sometimes we grow cold and stale and stagnant and we go through the motions. Oh, it's just another Sunday. We drag ourselves out of bed and wonder what we'll have for dinner after church. What happened to the passionate desire? What happened to the intensity? What happened to the love? What happened to him being your first love? What happened to him being your heartbeat and every breath you take? What happened to him being your heart's desire, your heart's delight, and the rejoicing of your heart? This account says to us, never lose your passion. Never lose your passion for your relationship with God. Never lose your passion for your relationship with Christ Jesus. Keep it first and foremost in your life. Keep it fervent. Keep it hot. Stay passionate for him. Zacchaeus changed his life by simply making a decision. He made a decision. All change begins with a decision. 
he made a decision that he wanted to experience Jesus for himself. And he changed his life. He changed his life in one day. He changed his life in one moment. All because he made a decision. You can change your life. You can change your life in one day, in one moment, with the power of your decision. Look at verse 3 there. And he sought to see Jesus. Luke 19, verse 3. He sought to see Jesus, who he was. He wanted to know him. Not only see him, but he wanted to know who he was. Wanted to know him. And he could not. That lets us know that there are always going to be obstacles. Whenever you're pursuing something worthwhile, whenever you're pursuing God's will and purpose for your life, whenever you're pursuing your dreams or your goals, there will always be obstacles. He could not. He wanted to see him, but he couldn't. So there were obstacles because of the press or the crowd. The crowd. He couldn't see him because of the crowd. What's crowding Jesus out of the preeminent place in your life? What's crowding him out of the preeminent place of your life? Is it the deceitfulness of riches or the cares of the world or the lust of other things entering in? What's crowding him out of the preeminent place of your life? People were in his way. People were in his way. People were in his way. Don't let people get in your way. People have their own opinions. People will talk about you. People will criticize you. People will condemn you. People will do things to you. And sometimes the hurt, the pain of what you suffered at the hands of someone else, sometimes that can keep you from getting up and moving on and moving into your destiny because of the unforgiveness or hatred or bitterness or the hurt you suffered at the hands of somebody else. People can mess you up. Sometimes people can say things that are hurtful. And it can hinder your life. I was reading something very interesting about the life of a young man by the name of Peter Daniels. And Peter Daniels, his story is, he said, My teacher, Miss Phillips, thought that I was inattentive, dumb, and naughty. And he said, the real truth was, I did not understand. He says, one unforgettable day, I did try extremely hard and pass my work up to Miss Phillips with a certain amount of pride and satisfaction, expecting at the very least a comment of acceptance or maybe even an acknowledgement of good work before the whole class. But Miss Phillips thundered down between the desks toward me, stood me up, shook me, and punched my back, and then shook with all her strength, yelling, Peter Daniels, you are a bad, bad boy and you are never going to amount to anything. That event both crushed and angered me and was to dog me for the rest of my school years. It affected my attitude and my ability to the point where it became, in a sense, a self-fulfilling prophecy. He said during his mid-twenties, he was defeated, he was almost illiterate, But he said he attended a Billy Graham crusade and he became a born-again Christian. And he said the realization that the Holy Spirit resided in him changed his image and opened him up to a whole new life. It broke the power of fear off of him. He began to read and gain knowledge and confidence. Soon after, he went into business for himself and became very, very successful. Became a multimillionaire, real estate tycoon, business consultant. And then he later, after he obtained all of this success, he wrote a book called Miss Phillips, You Were Wrong. Miss Phillips, You Were Wrong. 
And so you have to be so careful not to allow other people to get in the way of your destiny and to get in the way of your godly pursuits and your realizing your full potential in him. And then in verse 3, notice it says, And when he sought to see Jesus who he was, he could not because of the people. And then the second obstacle he had, because he was a small man, short man, little stature. That says to us, don't have a small vision of yourself. That was an obstacle. Don't have a small vision of yourself. Move beyond your limiting beliefs. Move beyond your limiting beliefs. You have to get over your own self-imposed limitations. Here's something I read that was kind of interesting. This is from the particular author, John Maxwell. John Maxwell, he said, he said, if you put a small value on yourself, the world would not raise the price. So don't have a small vision of yourself. Don't have limiting beliefs. Don't have limiting beliefs. Don't settle. Don't settle for just being average. And I wanted to just share this. This is from John Mason. He wrote a book called An Enemy Called Average. An Enemy Called Average. And in the book, he talks about defeating this enemy called average. And he gives several keys here. He says, never start your day in neutral. He says, the more you look back, the less you can see ahead. He says, nothing dies quicker than a new idea in a closed mind. He says, the best time of the day is now. He says, you can't get ahead when you're trying to get even. He says, success is getting up one more time than you fall down. Let go of whatever makes you stop. And the key to your future is hidden in your daily approach to life. Watch for big problems. They disguise big opportunities. And what you set your heart on will determine how you spend your life. And finally, he said, find the problems that you are an answer to. Find the problems that you are an answer to. And I want you to know here in this account was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus took a risk. He began to climb this tree, took a risk. It lets us know that you have to take a risk sometimes. If you want to get something you never had, you got to be willing to do something you've never done. So he took a risk. He didn't care what people thought or what people said. He did something that was uncommon. He took a risk and he climbed. He climbed. Now climbing is denoting going to another level. It's developing yourself. What are you doing to develop yourself? What are you doing to take your life to another level? What are you feeding yourself mentally? Who are you hanging around? What type of habits do you have? How do you spend your time? What are you doing to upgrade your life? Zacchaeus began to climb. He began to climb. And he did something uncommon. He did something uncommon and it got Jesus' attention. He took uncommon action. He had an uncommon attitude. And he had uncommon pursuit. And he got Jesus' attention. Let me ask you something. Are you doing anything right now that would get Jesus' attention? Are you doing anything right now that would get Jesus' attention? Is it anything uncommon in your faith, uncommon in your attitude, uncommon in your joy, uncommon in your action, uncommon in your thinking, uncommon in your dreams? Is there anything uncommon in your life that would get Jesus' attention? And I'm going to close with this. Bill Bright said, We hinder God working in our lives not only when we doubt or fear, 
but also when we are satisfied with mediocrity. Praise God. Praise God. The power of pursuit. The power of pursuit. I just prayed that something spoke to you here just out of this account of this little man with a big desire, with a big pursuit, a big drive in his heart that speaks to all of us to never lose our passion for Christ and our passion for life and our passion for our dreams. Praise God. Jesus sees you. He knows you. He wants you. He lifts you up. He sees you. Say that with me. He sees you. He knows you. He wants you. And he lifts you up. He saw Zacchaeus. He knew him. He knew his name. He wanted him. Wanted to go home with him. He lifted him up. Zacchaeus was under great condemnation because people knew he was a sinner and that he cheated people. The crowd was against him. Jesus didn't condemn him. He lifted him up. He wanted to change his life. God always sees you. He knows you. He wants you. And he lifts you up. Praise God. He loves you. He loves you. That's our God. That's our God. That's our God. That's our God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Come across the aisle and join hands. Thank you all for being with us. We thank those of you joining us live online. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to this entire series, The Power of Pursuit, absolutely free of charge. And you can also share it with a friend. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part four of the series titled The Power of Pursuit by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7758. That's 7758. To listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7758 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. From brothers of the world.